Greetings and welcome. I am Dr. Carol Gambule, your host on Word Anchor Podcast. I'm also an author and a publisher. This weekly podcast covers a wide range of issues that we face in life and the solutions that are provided for in the Word of God. I aim to encourage, to teach, motivate, and guide as we move along in this life's journey. Please subscribe, download, and share this podcast. Someone out there needs to hear this message. I hope you enjoy this episode. Greetings and welcome. We are still on the topic of waiting on the Lord. The main thing Christians are waiting for is the coming of the Lord, which the Bible says, no one knows when, not even the Son, but the Father knows. I personally don't want to focus on when Jesus is coming, but on my present relationship with him, should he come today or if I should depart today. On the other hand, in life, We wait for different things. There are few things that are instant. The food you pop in the microwave, reducing cooking time to instant. Some food that would have taken 20 minutes to prepare can now be cooked in 5 minutes. The road trip that could have taken 10 hours can now be taken in 1 hour in a plane. With all these technological changes, we get frustrated when a single prayer takes longer than instant noodles to be answered. I shared in the last episode about my instant answered prayer when God saved me from an accident. There is, however, someone out there who had an accident and is still waiting for complete healing from the Lord. The challenge with waiting is that you do not know when the waiting will end. It would be better if you are told to wait until next week, Monday at 10 o'clock, for instance, or next year on a specific date. There are some who have worn an engagement ring until it became too small and they had to take it out. The brother had proposed and forgot his watch. Some are waiting for their children to change their behaviors and start living right before God. And the children on the other side, they're busy enjoying their lives with no care in the world. Some are waiting for the two lines to show up on a pregnancy test so that they can have the joy of being parents and some are waiting for that phone call or email saying you've got the job come on this day and start working some are waiting for the doctor to declare that the disease gone so that they can go home now here is a challenge what do you do whilst you're waiting what do you need whilst waiting the one asking god for a child cannot do so and not be intimate with their spouse The one waiting for marriage should not do so without opening their ears and eyes to see the potential and pursue. At times, we think that waiting on God means we let go of everything and sit like zombies. Abraham had to know his wife for her to be pregnant. Isaac had to go to the field and sow before he could reap a hundredfold. Joseph had to go to Egypt serve in Potiphar's house, serve in jail, and then rise to the office and rule in Egypt. The Bible tells of the parable of the ten visions. Jesus preached this shortly before his arrest and crucifixion. It was a befitting story, teaching the disciples the principle of waiting and being prepared whilst you are waiting. In Matthew chapter 25 verse 1 it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten visions, 
who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. In Jewish culture, the bridegroom, after betrothal, would come to the house of his bride. The virgins would go out to meet him, welcoming him to the house. In this parable, the virgins were waiting for the bridegroom and he delayed in coming. So today, if you walk into any place where people are waiting in line, you'll find most of them on their cell phones. One is talking to another, making noise, and others listening to the conversation. Others are reading stuff on social media and laughing, looking like fools. Some will be talking to each other, even though they are strangers. Some will step off the line and tell their neighbor to watch their space. Some do not even have the patience of waiting, they just leave. Some will jump the line and make the others angry. And there is so much that happens when people are waiting. Given the fact that there was no electricity in the time of Jesus, these virgins had lamps, the kind that had used oil to bring light. They probably chatted for hours on end, sang songs until the body could not longer take it, and they started dozing off one by one. Jesus was talking to his disciples about this parable, about the church that will be waiting for his coming. He was going to leave this earth and come back for his bride. It is the church that is waiting for Jesus. The world is not bothered. What does the church, the body of Christ, his disciples do whilst waiting for him to come? What do we do whilst waiting for him to grant us our request? Some start off nicely, preparing for the coming of the Lord or the fulfillment of his promises. They get busy at church whilst waiting. They read the word of God religiously. They pray as they wait. They share the good news. They pray for those in need of prayer. They come to church and serve. They take care of the poor. They give their tithes and offerings. They are busy. Until slowly they stop doing this and that. They stop praying, reading the word. They start sleeping when the preacher is preaching. They skip services for no good reason. Before you know it, they have too much to do on Sunday. Then they cannot come because of this and that. Then they start finding fault and eventually have a good reason to stop coming. Their lamp has run out of oil. When you work hard, you will get tired. When you do not refresh, you will be exhausted. Those that fall away are not always sinful people. Some people have waited for marriage until they became impatient with God and fell into sin. The Bible says they were all virgins. They were holy. They were separated for God. All ten of them. The foolish ones were not sinners. They just neglected themselves. They did not prepare sufficiently for the wedding feast. It is not always the case that when you fall, it is because you are just a sinner. Some have truly worked so hard for the Lord, but for God to strengthen themselves. The desire to serve at times supersedes the desire to be intimate with the Lord you are serving. One preacher served the Lord for so long, ministered healing, enjoyed the clapping of hands, and forgot intimacy with the Lord. He ran out of oil, and he began pulpit gimmicks. The Lord called him to order, and he repented publicly. They all had lamps, the Bible says. The sinner is not sinning because he is not filled with the Holy Spirit. The sinner sins as he entertains the flesh and disregards the Holy Spirit. The one waiting for the Lord ends up falling away because they are focused on the lies of the enemy who ministers to them that God will not help them. Remember the wife of Job. She wanted him not to wait on the Lord to heal and restore him. She said to him, Curse God and die. 
Why wait for so long in sackcloth and ashes, broke down and out, with no children? Why should you keep praising God when things had gone so wrong in your life? Curse him once. Let him punish you once. You die and you get out of your misery. It was not easy for Job to wait on God. He mourned for his children down in ashes. He washed as his own body failed him. Saw after saw that came out of his body with no healing in sight. The Bible says all their lamps had oil. It wasn't that they did not have the oil. They all had oil. And all ten of them ran out of oil. But you see, the wise ones had more oil. They had spare oil. They had prepared more oil to fill in the lamp once it ran out of oil. The foolish ones did not bring more oil. All does run out from all. The wise and the foolish. The wise brings more. The foolish has nothing. What is it that you have, child of God? The Bible says they all slept. Saints, we all go through situations. All their lamps ran out of oil. Even the most spirit-filled person can be wary at times. But the trick is in submitting oneself for the refill. The five had more oil. The others had nothing. They had to go out and look for the oil. They should have brought oil if they were serious about waiting for the bridegroom. How were they going to enjoy the wedding feast with no oil in their lamps? There was no time to find the oil. Where they went, they were not even a priority. So it was not a quick run to the shops to bring some oil. You see, finding oil when you have run out is difficult. The situation that you are facing is already giving you witness that God is not helping you. Firstly, you are already walking in darkness for you have run out of oil. Who knows what you are stepping on? You may take steps forward which may lead you out of darkness, but sadly some wander off to deep darkness to a point of no return. The men and the women of God we see shrouded with scandal after scandal. Some of them had neglected the important part, refilling their lamps. They focused on the cheering crowds and did not see to the Holy Spirit for teaching, infilling, and even rebuke. They became too big and thought their lamps are shining brightly, whereas they were actually kept by the shining light of the cheering crowd. Soon the lamps ran out and they have nothing left. The wise could not share the oil. They needed it also for the night. You cannot keep tapping on the anointing of others, child of God, as if there is not enough oil in God for you too. They were wise and told them to go and get their own. There is one thing you cannot get and don't let anyone lie to you. You cannot build your relationship with Jesus through someone else. You do not need second-hand oil. Go to the well. Get filled right there. Go there time and time again. Get yourself a refill. Those running up and down with someone's anointing soon run out if something happens in their relationships. Many churches have closed because the pastor has died. Such people had no oil of their own. They depended on one lamp to shine in the congregation. The virgins had to go and find some more oil outside. One time I went to China for an intercontinental workshop on small business development. We stayed there for 22 days. We were from different countries and continents. Now, Chinese language and culture is one of the difficult things to deal with in that country. It is like a world on its own. The first day in the conference room, we all sat and the conference started. 
It was approaching winter, so it was already cold. They served us tea right where we were sitting. Their famous green tea. I drank like many of the other delegates. When I finished the cup, they poured some more. I drank it again. When I finished, they poured again. This happened until it was embarrassing. Tea is nice. Green tea is not so nice. And too much of it, well, I could not tolerate it. I was not the only one. There was then a bit of commotion about the tea. The facilitators explained to us, in their culture, if you finish drinking your tea, they put some more. If you no longer want more tea, you do not finish the one they poured for you. Wow, what a lesson. You submit yourself for infilling by finishing what is already given you. They poured for empty vessels. They always had enough to refill the cup. The cup would be refilled if the contents had been finished. What a culture. You are waiting on God. You are drinking your tea. You are using your lamp. It gets finished, but there is no refill. Notice that the tea is to keep you warm. It has health benefits. It keeps you awake. You need to get a refill by finishing the one in your cup. When the oil was finished, the virgins needed some more. We need a spiritual refill, children of God. In the previous episode, the scripture that I read said, Wait on the Lord and he will strengthen your heart. The refill does not mean an immediate fulfillment of what you are waiting for, but it provides more strength. The refill of the lamp would provide light. Whilst you're waiting, don't wait in darkness. It is not necessarily the wedding feast. It is not the arrival of the bridegroom, but it is what they needed to have to be able to wait comfortably. Refill your cup today. Refill your lamp today. The bridegroom will come in his appointed time. Your prayers will be answered at the appointed time. What you need is to have continuous light until that time comes. You cannot afford to have the bridegroom arrive whilst you are out seeking for oil. Who knows what you are running into whilst you are going out there seeking for oil. Because you see, you needed to find the oil while it was light, while you could see what you are getting yourself into. We all need that refill. How do you get a refill? Submit to the one who filled you in the first place, Jesus. Tell him you want more. You have run out. You have little left. The disciples, after Jesus Christ had sent them out, they came back to him. In the book of Luke chapter 9 and Luke chapter 10, it tells us, firstly, the 12 went out. Then in chapter 10, the 70 went out. When they had gone, they did signs and wonders. They did miracles. They healed the sick. They cast out demons. They were so excited about these things. It was very exciting of them to see demons bowing. They came back and they went to Jesus. They told him, Lord, even demons bow to us. And Jesus Christ, instead of clapping hands to say, you are the man, now you know how to cast out demons. He told them, I saw Satan fall down like lightning. But then he tells them again, I give you authority. Go out there, trample on serpents and scorpions. Nothing shall by any means hurt you at all. So know that even though you have gone out into the world, you have prayed for people in need, you have served people, you have fed the poor. When you come back and tell Jesus, these are the things that I have done, he will still remind you, Satan is still out there. And because he is out there, it means he's looking 
and he's looking for people like you. He is looking for those that are already in the kingdom of God. He wants to devour those that believe. So they came to him. He assured them again, gave them authority. He empowered them that when you go out again, you have that authority. I give you, go back again, trample on those serpents, trample on those scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. The book of Acts records different times where the same disciples of Jesus were filled with the Holy Spirit. It started on the day of Pentecost, but they were also healed at different times. When they were meeting, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not listen to the one that says, you are filled once with the Holy Spirit. Go back for a refill. Go back for a refill. Don't just sit there with an empty cup. Go back for a refill. It is very tiring to do certain things for the Lord. There are things that will take the most out of you. Go back and be refilled whilst you are waiting. Don't just save, but go back and be refilled. Let the Lord God fill you again. The disciples were filled again and again. And this did not happen when they were sitting at home cooking and eating. It was when they were gathered in his name. There is such a great thing that the Lord can do when we are gathered in his name. Because he says he is there in our midst. He comes in and he fills those that believe. It is not a passive refill, but a pursuit of God. You follow after him. You go after him. Jesus, fill me again and again. Holy Spirit, fill me again with yourself. Fill my cup to overflow. Rest on me again and again. Lord, touch me. Lord, I need you more every single day. Precious Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill that one. Lord, we need you. We need your filling. We need your presence. Anoint us, O Lord. Fill us. Let our cup overflow in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Word Anchor Podcast. I hope you were blessed by this message. For copies of my books, go to Amazon.com. Check out the show notes for more details. Until next time, stay blessed and continue making the Word of God your anchor.